Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus Patreon episode of Tis a Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive in every single universe. I'm Anthony. And I'm Julia. Julia, this is like a re- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you keep breaking your own record this year. I do. That's my goal for this year. That's my one goal for this year. Break my own record continuously. Continuously. But I also feel like I'm, I'm watching more movies this year than I've ever watched in years past. So, I mean, easy to do with Working all the out. streaming services nowadays. No, it is. And- it is easy, and e- to easy to do with the exclusive streaming service, Anthony's Voodoo, where every movie the just best pops streaming, up there. <laughs> the best streaming. Every time I go in there, I'm like, man, he's got good stuff. Like you bought something recently, and I was like, yes. What was it? It wasn't Legally Blonde. It was a Legally Blonde type movie. Was it The um, Lost City? No. I'm gonna have to look. Legally Blonde. Death becomes her. That one. There was another one. Uh, Practical magic. Vanities. Practical magic. You got the other one that has Dan Aykroyd in like all of this makeup. One spitting. No, that's a good movie though. Nothing but trouble. That's it. Yeah. Nothing but trouble. Chevy Chase and John Candy. Oh, it's not Dan Aykroyd. Maybe Dan Aykroyd's in it. I know John Candy is. No, it's not. Oh, it is Dan Aykroyd directed it. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I got it from. But yeah, like you've got some really good stuff in there. (laughs) Like good stuff from, I don't know, like long time ago. Stuff I haven't watched in a long time. I always get excited when I go there. I always look at the the deals. (laughs) It's the horror repository of every horror flick I've not seen, which is vast. And one I just wanted to see, and I've never seen. So that'll come in handy this spooky season, which is right around That's the corner. Great. It really is. I'm super excited. And since you brought it up, I do want to touch on spooky season for a minute because they just released today an image of like 12 year old girls playing the young Sanderson sisters in flashbacks in Hocus Pocus 2. And they look so really? cute. Yep. I have not seen that. So Disney newsletter, it was in the Disney news- newsletter, which I'm, su- I'm surprised you're not, you don't subscribe to. Yeah. How do I not subscribe to that? <laughs> I don't know. Of all the other either. Disney subscriptions, I'm not sure how I missed that one. <laughs> but why are we here tonight, Julia? Um, we are here tonight because months ago 
we recorded an episode, Patreon as well, on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And at multiple points in that episode with you and I, which newsflash for those that have not listened to that episode, we were not big fans of that movie for lots of reasons. One of them was it didn't highlight the multiverse as well as we were sure hoping that it would. At that point, Anthony had seen the movie we're discussing tonight and I had not, although I wanted to. And Anthony said, this movie, yeah, I'm going to draw the suspense out a little bit, is an excellent representation of a multiverse. Maybe the best this year. I am here to confirm it is the best multiverse movie I've seen this year. And if you have not seen this movie yet, you should go do it. And the movie I'm talking about is 2022's Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I, dance. I was waiting to see if you'd get the title because I know, I know you trip over it sometimes. I was reading it off the screen over here <laughs> to make sure I got it right. <laughs> it doesn't just roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't. But, but I... I do love, I love it extra more now that I've seen the movie, the way that they very Tarantino, very Tarantino-esque split the movie up, right? Put the kettles and stuff. So this is a multiverse movie, folks, and it's a dang good one. It's a dang good one. So so for those who don't know, it's, I'm going to read the Google synopsis here. It's a hard movie to fit into a sentence or two. <laughs> um, when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Which is accurate, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really convey how like emotional and like family-driven this movie is, which I knew Julia would like. Yes. Yes. So you kind of did your history just there introducing this movie. You heard about it via right. me. Um, I did. Well, I'd heard about it before you, just briefly before right. you. I think I'd seen a trailer or something. And I was like, that looks super interesting because Michelle Yeoh is like one of my favorites. I love her so much. Me too. And then you talked about it, which is a glowing recommendation, honestly. Like more and more, Anthony and I agree pretty much across the board on a good movie. Once we cleared that better, what was the name of that movie I hated that you love so much? <laughs> better watch what was out. it called? <laughs> better, I hated that movie. But like everything after that <laughs> has been just spot on. And so finally got to watch it. Um, excellent choice. Yeah, this one needs multiple watches, y'all. Multiple watches. It does. It's very hard to... And you will hear us probably floundering a little bit or not going in any particular order because it's hard to like, it's hard to, hard to yeah. process while <laughs> watching it, let alone talk about it. But we're going to try. Right. Um, right. So I saw this movie. It was getting good word of mouth when it came out. It was one of those movies that did relatively well opening weekend and due to word mm-hmm. of mouth, just kind of like did better and better each weekend until it became A24's highest grossing movie ever, which well-deserved. Um, but A24's I, got good stuff too, so that's it. A, do, that's it does. Glowing. And I was going to say, what I love about A24 is 
yeah, they have misses, but they take chances with every one of their movies. They don't they don't mm-hmm. fall into like a box, like the superhero sci-fi fantasy comedy mm-hmm. box. Like every one of their movies is different. And I love that about day 24. They take chances. Was X that one that you like so much? That's A24, right? Yep. And then hereditary. I've talked before about hereditary, like messed me up. <laughs> they really messed me up. Um did you see yeah, men? They, no, I didn't see men, but I did see it on your voodoo. <laughs> was that was that one good? <laughs> One's trippy. You think? <laughs> it's one of those. I think they have a fair amount of movies where you end up and you're like, I don't know if I liked it or not, but it was definitely unique. <laughs> that one, that uh, one Midsummer, was interesting. Is that an is is that an A24? I haven't seen that one Mid- either. Midsummer, the lighthouse with uh Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Okay. Um, yeah, they have a lot of stuff. Bodies, 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 which just came out. That's the new one with Lee Pace. I love this. Yep. So they have a lot of good stuff. Um, a lot of different stuff. They do uh, take chances. This movie is a definite chance. Yes. And it paid off, at least for me. Oh, and not only is it a chance story-wise, but they cast, it's a primarily Asian cast, which is awesome because you don't get a lot of primarily Asian movies in Hollywood. You get like, mm-hmm. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians is a big one, right? But besides that, right. you really don't get a lot of them. No, you which, don't. Is, which is why one of the actors in here who we'll talk about retired from acting very young because he just didn't get a lot of opportunities and he came back for this one so it was good to see diversity it was good to see on the non-diversity spectrum jamie lee curtis is always a welcome addition to any movie she's in yeah she is i'll tell you what i like her more and more and she's always willing to be like make herself look like a fool or be the butt of a joke which mm-hmm. she definitely did in this film. Like she's always game mm-hmm. just to have fun. And I love that about mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, but let's run through the cast. So like Julie said, Michelle Yeoh stars in this movie. She plays our protagonist, Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, we have covered her on the show before in last Christmas. She ran mm-hmm. the Christmas shop that Daenerys worked at. I forget the act. <laughs> Amelia Clark right. worked it. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Michelle Yeoh? Because she's been in a lot. She's been in Crazy Rich Asians. She was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. She was in Shang-Chi. She was in Reign of Assassins, Memoir of Geisha, Kung Fu Panda 2, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, what's your favorite Michelle Yeoh? Okay, so my favorite Michelle is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon because that's the first time I ever remember seeing her. And that movie made like a real impression on me when I watched it. Love that movie. Yeah. I do um, however, I like her turn in everything she does. I loved her in Shang-Chi. I loved Shang-Chi. I really like that movie. It ranks what up a- higher in my Marvel rankings for sure. One of the stronger installments of Phase 4 for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then she's got a lot of stuff coming out that Ethan's going to be super jazzed about like all the Avatar stuff. <laughs> is he an like Avatar that. fan? I think, is that the one with the blue arrow or is it the other one? 
No, he does like a- Avatar. Airbender is the blue arrow, right? Yes. Okay. Airbender. It's not that one. He likes Avatar. He's a big fan of Avatar. I, uh. You are not. It's Pocahontas in space. Oh, is it? <laughs> in space. I've never watched it, but he likes it. So. Oh, uh, if that movie didn't. Have- in it. If that movie didn't have those like magnificent effects, nobody would be seeing that movie. I'll tell you that right. Now. Wait, 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 wait. This is which Avatar is this? Oh, this is the this is the Cameron Avatar. Yeah. There's there's a a com a, there's a cartoon Avatar. Yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender is awesome. I love. Oh, Avatar, so the I am Last talking Airbender. same thing. Okay, he likes he likes Avatar that Avatar. He doesn't oh, okay. like. I Cameron thought you were talking Avatar. Cameron Avatar. Okay. I was trying to piece together how the Avatar Ethan watched was Pocahontas, and I wasn't. It wasn't coming to me. Um, but yes, no, you're right. It is Pocahontas. Avatar, actually, the James Cameron Avatar is. <laughs> <laughs> Not excited about that. Just kidding. I'm just. I retract everything I've said until <laughs> this point with regard to Avatar. Um, how many freaking avatars are they making? They've got her f- as filming Avatar 5 for good grief. Yeah, they're making five as if people still oh. care about it. Uh, she's watch it. I mean, she's incredible. So she <laughs> definitely elevates everything she's in. Yes, she does. So Stephanie Sue, I think it's Sue, Sue plays Joy, her daughter. Mm-hmm and the biggest threat to the multiverse in this movie, which mm-hmm. I love because it goes back to that family dynamic. Um, and I know her from The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is one of the best shows on TV right now. Um, okay. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But besides that, she was also in Shang-Chi, which mm-hmm. goes back to there are not a lot of movies for asian actors sadly so you see a lot of them crop up in the same stuff right um she was in unbreakable kimmy schmidt as a protester um Mm -hmm. but this is definitely this and shang chi are definitely her biggest roles so she was in that show i watched for a while um it's got aaron paul in it it's got jesse in it it's got Hugh Dancy in it. Oh, it's the path. The path. Yeah. The path. I have not saw, seen that one. But yeah, that I I remember it was like a they combined like different aspects of every religion, like Scientology and Christianity and Buddhism yep. and everything. Yeah, I remember that vaguely. It yeah, she was a couple and, years, and I think her name was Joy in that as well. So <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Um, Ki Hoi Kwan plays Waymond, Evelyn's husband, and y'all will know him. He was short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Data, Data in the Goonies. Oh my goodness. And my he, favorite. Me too. I love him. Yeah. And, and he really uh, steals the show. Yeah. And he hasn't acted in a long time because he didn't think there are lots of roles for Asian um, actors and actresses in Hollywood. And he came back for this and now he's getting back into it, which is awesome because he is very talented. He grew up to be a really good actor. 
Yes, yep. he really, he really is. Yeah, not to get into it yet, but the way he's able, when he's body jumping, the way he switches, like he does mm-hmm. it really well. Yeah, but yes, <laughs> he does. Um, James Hong plays Gong Gong, who is Evelyn's father. Mm-hmm. You, I, I know him most from Big Trouble in Little China. He played sure David. But, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. He did, was a voice in Mulan. He was in Perry Mason, Bonanza, The Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in an Chinatown. episode of The X-Files. Hell Money. Sleeping Jaw Dog. He plays, he voices Mr. Ping in Kung Fu Panda. Um, I want to, what's he in? He was in something that I watch quite regularly. You Broke Girls? What is it, though? I hate that show. Oh, the just bench. kidding. Oh, you like the bee in in. I like in, the bee in apartment twenty three. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, but you're not here too. <laughs> he was in Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. That's a Maybe great you know his show. Voice from that. That was a dark show. Uh, he was in a few episodes of Big Bang Theory. He's got a Christmas TV movie, An Accidental Christmas, so he might crop up again. He was in The Blacklist. Teen Titans Go, he did a voice. He was in Batman Ninja, which is a direct to video, uh, a direct to home media movie cartoon. The West Wing, was it The West Wing? I know you like that show. I love that show. I don't know. There's there's something. Oh, that'll just make you even more depressed nowadays, though, how well government functions. It's like a fantasy show. Yeah. Uh, he, was I mean, in Se- got- he was in Seinfeld. Maybe that's where I knew him from. He I was in Friends. going back to 19... Holy mackerel, I'm still scribbling. 1954. He only holy just got mackerel. his Hollywood star recently, like the other year. That's a travesty. It is, because he's been in loads. But he was good in this mm-hmm. small role, but good. I mean, everyone in this movie is good. So, yep. Uh, including Jamie Lee Curtis as Deirdre, the IRS inspector and de facto oh, secondary villain. And she is so funny. And we have covered her on the main show before in Halloween. I don't know if she's actually been in anything Christmas we've done, has she? Trading Places. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Christmas at the Crane. So we have covered her a few times, but. Yep. All big Jamie Lee fans. But I forget, what's your favorite Jamie Lee? Um, I think I said Freaky Friday, and I stick I stick to it. I love that movie. I love that movie. That's some good Lohan right there. That is one of the rare remakes that's better than the original, I think. It really is. It really is. Um, I love her in True Lies, too, though. True Lies is one of my favorites. Um, we watched that a lot growing up, and I'm kind of shocked honestly that was one of those that mom and dad saw and they thought it was so good that they said i could go see it in the movie theaters with them and which i'm surprised because they were Uh, yeah and i think they'd forgotten and that's not like the most innocent rated r movie you could watch it is not at all we also went and saw alcatraz um was it called alcatraz with nick cage and that's not right it wasn't called it was called the rock we went and saw the rock (laughs) a minute to get there because somebody at church was like, The Rock is a really good movie. You should go see that. And so my parents were like, well, I mean, is this something we could take our kid to? 
And, and they're like, totally. It's like, totally fine. (laughs) And we went and saw it. And I was like in middle school and we were all equally pleased with how much we enjoyed the movie and mortified (laughs) that that was not appropriate for my age. I mean, she is probably one of her more famous roles is one of my favorite roles, Halloween, where she plays Laurie Strode. And kudos to her because that franchise is what it is today, largely because of her. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Jenny Slate plays mm. Debbie, the dog mom, who is Joy's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I no, 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 no. That's not her girlfriend. No. no, she's the one that kung fu's that dog on a leash at a certain point. She's that annoying girl that shows up to drop her clothes off. You're right. You're right. I love Jenny Slate. At the laundromat. That sounded weird. I do love Jenny um, Slate. She's in a movie this year, a comedy movie with uh, Charlie Day. It's on Amazon called I Want You Back. It's like a romantic comedy. It's actually pretty funny. So. Nice. Tally Medell plays Becky and Becky is Joyce. Becky is the girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and Tally Mandel uh, hasn't been in really anything I've seen. She didn't look familiar to me. She was in an episode of Inside Amy Schumer, which I've seen a few of those, but that's about it. Hmm. Had a little guest spot from Harry Shum Jr. Who we've covered. Rotations. He was in Glee, mm-hmm. too. He was. Yep, that's right. Yep. And Randy and I Newman didn't know. has. I did not know Randy Newman voiced Rakakuni. <laughs> no idea. That was his voice. But that is wonderful in so many ways. Can I just say? <laughs> That's just really happy. So we have to mention the directors of this film, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, who are 34 and 35 years old. And make me feel very unaccomplished in life when you think that they made this film and a few other films, um, Uh including Swiss Army Man starring Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe, Have you ever seen that? I haven't. It's got a, what's his face? Uh, Paul Dano is, is also, is the, is the main character, right? Aside from. It's a very weird film, but like. Isn't it a dead guy with a boner? Yeah, and, and he's like, like a compass. Yeah, and he, exactly. <laughs> and then like, like it, the body is constantly like farting, which moves the body, and so it's a very weird film. But you, you've seen it. I've seen it. It's not a bad film. It's like a bizarre film, though. Does it have like an odd level of heart to it that yes. you would not have expected? Yes. Okay. So I guess that's their brand, which is fantastic. But another movie that that reminds me of is Lars and the Real Girl. Did you ever see that one? Yes. I and love that's like that one movie. of my favorite movies of all time is that movie. And it is the same thing, right? Like the premise is not something you would think would be heartfelt and you would cry at, but it yeah. absolutely is. Same reason, yeah. family, because it's all about family. It's about family, which is Julia's kryptonite. It is. You give me a story about a family and really um, and they also wrote the film, which is very impressive because I can't imagine <laughs> writing something this bonkers. Um, or keeping track of it, let alone writing it. <laughs> right. right, exactly. I, 
I like to picture wherever they wrote it, they had one of those serial killer walls with the strings <laughs> of the tacks and everything. Yeah. You would have to. <laughs> you would have to. <laughs> and the music was done by Sun Lux, who he did the soundtrack for the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby back in 2014. But otherwise, he just hmm. tends to do his own music. So Nice. Yeah. All right, so how do we want to tackle this movie? Um, I say we're encouraging all listeners to go see it. Yes, I would right. say, yeah, this is definitely one where you should go in fresh and avoid spoilers yes. because it is one of those excellent movies. Yes. So, okay, so at a high level then, we have a family, right? So we have, and I need to get their names up in front of me. We have Evelyn. Okay, so we have the mom, Evelyn, who is dissatisfied with her life in general. And she kind of has a tough place. And while I don't know this personally, because I am not Asian in any way, um, I have listened to other podcasts specifically pop culture happy hour which i love they were they reviewed this and they did have a co-host who is asian at the same time they were reviewing it and they were very pleased that the family dynamic in this movie felt very very real and true i think in the sense that with aging parents as we have in the situation with gong gong a lot of that falls on the daughter and there's and that, just these high expectations about and that's something that's interesting like as white people, at least for myself, as a white man, when I'm watching 90% of movies featuring white families, you don't often think about how different the family dynamics in other cultures are until you're watching yeah. a TV show or movie that deals with it like right. this or like, um, you know, we've covered things like the Best Man Holiday and Last Christmas right. and stuff with African-American led casts. I guess that's right. privilege on our parts, but like, I love that pop culture happy hour had an actual Asian yeah. American on and it rang true to her. Right. Um, so this, I like, I, I'm leaning on that heavily to tell me that this actually is a, it felt like a very familiar representation of a family from that culture. Um, so Evelyn is stressed. She's trying to keep this laundromat afloat. Bills are piling up. She's the bookkeeper. Um, she's married to Waymond, who is just sweet. He's just sweet. And he's and meek portrayed and as a well-meaning idiot. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's meek. Exactly. And so she, right from and the get-go, she's frustrated. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. seem, they don't seem like the happiest married couple. No, they don't. Um, they have a daughter that's in the mix, uh, Joy, who seems to have separated herself, whether because she's grown up, you know, in America, like she's not an immigrant. She's a child of immigrants. Um, she's grown up in this Western culture. And so like, doesn't know Chinese super great and plus, has a girlfriend. Okay. Not plus a boyfriend, she's in, she's in college too. Right. And yeah. And I think this is a true across all cultures. If you grow in very grow up in very strict uh, kind of controlling households, college is really the chance to find who you are and find what you like in life. And that is definitely mm -hmm. 
what Joy is doing here. Uh, and there's right. conflict there between her and her mom. Like, because she has tattoos, she's dating a girl, and mom's not very happy with any of it. Right. That's right. And so Joy has the struggle where you can tell she still wants to please her mom, right? She needs that acceptance as we all do. Um, but mom's not given it. And Joy is reaching kind of that breaking point where she feels more often than not, she's clashing with her mother instead of um, being understood by her mother or understanding her mother for that. Part. We also have Gong Gong, who is Evelyn's dad, who yeah. she has to take care of, really. He's, old, he's elderly yep. and she's taking care of him because he can't be on his own. Right. And right. he's even that's another straight. highly cultural thing too, is yeah. why people don't have those multi generational households, um, but so many uh, other cultures do. I will say Italian. A lot of Italian families do. Yes, they do. Yeah, I'm just talking about like pure white bread, like me. <laughs> we don't tend to have <laughs> Middle America, <laughs> Irish, British descendants type people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, um, yeah. And, that's, and Gong Gong's not super gracious to his daughter either. So we get an idea that she got it from somewhere. Yeah. And there's history there. We find out midway. For as strict as she is to Joy, Gong Gong is just as strict with her, despite the fact she is like a middle-aged woman at this point. Mm -hmm. That's right. And they own a laundromat, right? And it's, it's getting audited by Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Deirdre, who is an IRS inspector, who is the type of person who takes glee in finding mistakes with the receipts and the books, anything to dock them pay or like get them in trouble or anything. And she's just wonderful. (laughs) She is is so funny with her cookies and like her pouch stomach and... (laughs) She, I, again, Jamie Lee does not care about making fun of herself in films or playing, you know, the punching bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's during one of these audits, right, that something mm-hmm. weird happens with Wayland, right? Is that his name? Wayland? Waymond. Right. So they have... Um kind of our inciting incident right is we have the whole family not joy though although we hear we glean that joy has been involved in some of these tax conversations up until this point as almost a translator because evelyn's character repeatedly will say well i didn't understand the word or i said the wrong word or she's not fully understanding right language barrier. which which so, actually i had a question about that was that yeah. just her excuse to keep getting extensions? I think so. Okay, that's what yes. I thought. I think that was her. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure, but I that's definitely what Deirdre came to think. Because yes. she kept saying, no more, no more. I thought you were going right. to bring a translator, no more extensions. Right. So they show up at Deirdre's office. They've got all these receipts with them. And on their way up to the office is where they're in an elevator and they're going up in the elevator. And all of a sudden, Waylon, sweet Waylon, <laughs> like short circuits 
and starts talking to her in a different tone of voice and says, basically, I'm not your Waylon. No. Um, you need to, what, take a left when you go outside of the elevator and not do this thing. You need to do this other thing. And she's and just we, confused. Right. But we come to learn that this Wayland is from something called the Alpha Verse. Right. And that for every decision you make, so if you go left, a new universe, a parallel universe sprouts out of that. And if you go right, a parallel universe sprouts out of that. So for every choice you make, a new universe is created, which I love right. because I'm pretty sure that's based on some science theories. Stephen Hawking talked about that a lot, about the parallel Isn't universes. Isn't that string theory? They, yeah, yeah. I was English. Or not. I don't know what it I, is. I was, English, <laughs> I was English in history, not math and science. I just do know it is like a real theory. <laughs> right. Because I've heard it before. Well, and so. that's, that's pretty standard. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me from a comic book perspective, but that feels pretty standard for what a multiverse is in at least movie versions of what a multiverse is yeah from the comic perspective they don't get nitty-gritty like oh if batman took a left his life is different than if he took a right but there are just yeah. parallel universes like for the bigger events right like what happened if right. batman did kill the joker instead, instead of let him live all this time type of stuff right well and and all... like in loki right isn't that right. The, isn't that the big thing in loki is it creates what was it variants and like all of that stuff variants and incursions and yeah 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 so this okay adheres to typical sci-fi rules okay yeah and he explains to her about how what does he call verse jumping yes verse jumping <laughs> being able to occupy your same self in a different in a different multiverse, well, being able to tap into yourself from a different multiverse and getting their skills. Yeah, and there is it, like it's what like, it's doing. So she's not jumping to another, I mean, she sort of is, but she's not jumping to another multiverse, but it's like she's drawing the skill, almost like she's downloading the skills from the other hers and other multiverse. And not just the skills, but the memories as well. And yeah, exactly, which is like the clay pot yep yes exactly so like every time you do it it's like a crack appears in your brain and water starts coming through and you get find it harder and harder to control the flow of memories and you get mixed up in everything but he also ends up telling her the more you do it you can learn to heal those cracks and like kind of suppress them so it's very cool i think it's a very cool idea um, and the visual effects of the actual jumping, the verse jumping and stuff are just, they're wonderful. Yeah. And you feel them. It's like, it's like when you saw Top Gun, you felt like you were pulling G's in your seat. When you're watching this and she's being sucked into kind of that different, when she's verse jumping, you feel it in your body. <laughs> the way that it's filmed and it's done, it is remarkable. It is done so much better then that 30 seconds we get in Multiverse of Madness where they're like tumbling through the multiverse. So much better. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know what the budget difference was, but <laughs> this movie knows how to rock a budget 
and yeah. Doctor Strange doesn't <laughs> because I, nothing in this movie feels fake. And if anything should feel fake, it should be this movie because <laughs> there's a lot of junk that happens in here that just never happened. But so I don't feel fake. There was everything everywhere all at once only had a $25 million budget, which is pennies for Hollywood. Dang. Doctor Strange had 200 million. 175 million more and somehow it looked cheaper and faker than this little indie movie that's right it did but uh waymond right also ex- sorry the names <laughs> also explains yeah. that the multiverse is being threatened by somebody named jobu jobu Tapaki. yeah who is actually joy a multiverse version of joy um Mm -hmm. and what is it her mind splintered because of her mom or something her mom pushed her to verse jump too often and her mind splintered and so she has all the memories and all the skills from all the universes at once yeah which makes her quite a foe quite a fun because she can manipulate her, matter too which not they all yeah. can't yeah. right yeah she's like a whole threat and she's her like, main thing is nothing matters nothing, nothing matters. matters and she yeah her powers are almost like godlike if you want to put yeah. it that way oh yeah for sure and um so i like this do you want to call it a metaphor or visual, whatever, of the everything bagel? Yes. That they keep referring to. And that's kind of what she decided joy... to make a bagel and yeah, put everything on it. Everything, everything on it. Um, and that which can de- destroy the entire multiverse. Right. Like a black hole. Like a black hole. But I loved the visual of the everything bagel. Mm-hmm. For yeah. the record out there, I don't like everything bagel. But, oh, I love everything. Bagels are my favorite. Really? Sarah loves them I love too. Them. I'm a poppy, a poppy guy. Yeah. I can pop. Um, but Wayman, so he gives her Evelyn the technology to jump through the multiverse. And it looks like, look like Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Bluetooth headsets. Um, so she can and then there's a caveat as well right? It's not just the Bluetooth headset. It's, you gotta also do something weird. Right. So like for way tap into that Wayman, for example, at one point has to four paper cuts. That's right. Which another point he has to chew up some chapstick. Yeah. Weird stuff. Paper cuts is the worst for me because like paper cuts are painful. Right. (laughs) She had to put her shoes on the wrong feet. So it's almost like you have to um, do something that's completely opposite from what normal behavior is in order to activate the magic that helps you first jump. Right. And so he gives Evelyn this technology because Jobu was attacking the IRS building she is in. And that way mm-hmm. she could download the fighting skills needed to take on her minions, essentially. And right. I love this fight. I love seeing Jamie Lee Curtis as this 
old woman IRS agent like jumping through the air and doing like, these kung fu moves and everything. Yes, such yes. a good action sequence. Uh, <laughs> and and it's funny because she a lot of times Jamie Lee Curtis is like the hero in things, right? Halloween. You're right. And, like right. so to see her, I feel like she was relishing playing the bad guy, which goes back to That's my theory. It's always more fun to play the bad guy. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it is Jamie Lee Curtis also is a minion of sorts as well, as well as, as lots of other characters are minions of Jobu. Mm-hmm. And so they get activated at certain points. And this is where like, it's a martial arts movie, which I love. I love martial arts movies. Me and too. so, especially when they have one person fighting like a whole bunch of people and yeah. it's wonderful. So throughout this whole movie, you get some really good fight scenes. You get some with Evelyn and minions. You get a real good one with um, Waymond and minions and a fanny pack that is just like, yeah so stinking good so good so so i want to just point out as well this movie primarily takes place in three locations home Mm -hmm. the laundromat and the irs building irs building and it is amazing to me that this world feels so much more realized and such bigger scope than dr strange where we're literally in a bunch of different locations but yep. I don't know. They just seem 2D or fake or whatever, where these like, yeah, it's the same building, but each one felt completely unique and like testament to the writing, the acting, whatever. But all right. of it combined, the direction. But. So, so Evelyn goes from not understanding what's going on and then learning how to initially tap into the powers, right? Yeah. To then like really mastering, tapping into the powers. And she masters it during a long fight scene. I do, okay. I do, I do That's like right. though when her mind starts to crack and when it happens, when you start kind of like shutting down. And when she's doing that, it's like the T-Rex arms where she's trying to fight. Like yeah. she's not yeah. even there. It's just like the body on autopilot. <laughs> right. Right. That was funny to me. And so so what she so she starts off thinking and Wayman also starts thinking as well as his friends in the Alphaverse who you kind of jump back and forth between Waymond in like current verse with Evelyn and then him all you know jacked up on this stuff like like in um uh what's ready, the ready player with? one almost yeah like in ready player one where he's like rigged up right and in, in the actual Alphaverse so you kind of hop between those um every superhero but, needs a team in the chair they like the do team that's in the right. chair. <laughs> so they all feel like evelyn is really the answer to getting rid of jobu and wayman comes to the conclusion it's because if each choice causes a divergent path right and a new you different multiverse evelyn has made every wrong choice up until this point <laughs> and she's almost like pure disappointment and so all of her multiverses are like everything she could have been she's this amazing chef in one she's a star a kung fu star in another um she's got hot dog fingers in one which is just like a real choice but it's very sweet <laughs> honestly there, there, it's a very sweet world <laughs> there are raccoons in another 
Or yeah, that was the cooking one. She's a famous singer in one, which you hear that she's a good singer, right? Um, so they it's did, like in our. They did cut out one, and you can only see it in briefly when she's traveling through the multiverse, where she's dead. It's her urn of ashes, and they shot oh. this whole sequence of the urn talking and everything. Yeah. Interesting. So they say, uh, Wayman thinks she's the one that has to defeat Jobu because like she's had this whole level of disappointment in her life and all of her best lives are things she can tap into another, which is sad when you think about it. Yeah. So we get some context in the background throughout all of this, right? So, and there's definite comparisons between how Joy feels now and how Evelyn felt growing up as well. So she made a choice to run off with Waymond as a kid and leave her family because her family did not want her to marry Waymond at all. That was not what they wanted for her. And she made a choice too. And we find out Waymond is going to divorce Evelyn in her reality. Right. Not only her reality, I think the alpha verse too, that Waymond is also divorced from her, isn't he? Or going to divorce her. Uh, I don't know. That was the one where she pushed Joy so hard she turned into Jobu and and she's dead. Evelyn's dead in the office. Evelyn's dead, yeah. Okay. So good I point. don't know if yep. there was a struggle before she died, but um so we know she's probably hard on Joy because that's how she was brought up as well. And she is constantly disappointing Joy because she's constantly disappointed by her own father. So it's like all of these family ties going around and around. And that's what I love. Like, despite how out there and crazy this movie is, it comes back to uh, things you can relate to, right? Feeling pressure from your parents and not instilling that same pressure. You want to do better for your kid. Everybody wants to do better than their parents with their own kids it's like the never-ending circle of life like even amazing parents like you and marty i'm sure your kids still even want to do better for their kids it's just natural yeah for sure so even though joy is the bad guy we find evelyn starts to protect her even though everybody's saying you really need to kill her because she's going to absolutely destroy literally everything she can't do it because it's her daughter even though it's her daughter from a different universe and it's different it's still her daughter and so she have an interaction yeah so she she continues to multi to jump because she thinks that she the only way to kind of defeat her is gaining some of the same power so at least make the fight even right 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 Right. Which again, but it turns if you out, jump too many times, your mind splinters. Right. And um, like Jobu, where Jobu's jumped so many times as well that she just doesn't want to be anymore. Right. Yeah. She's just, there's no hope and there's nothing worth sticking around for. So she wants to look into the bagel. I mean, like ceasing to exist. Look, I, (laughs) those are all questions like my tiny mind can't comprehend. But all I know is our 
real world is dark enough. So if you're jumping through millions of these, and if they're even like a fraction of that darkness, yeah, right. <laughs> you don't see any right. that are like substantially better. Like I would be like, what's the point as well? <laughs> right. So Evelyn starts to adopt as she's fracturing. She starts to adopt that same mentality where you kind of see her break as well, where she's like, you're right. Like literally nothing matters. Um, I did like what, we didn't mention one of the universes. She was in a romantic relationship with Deirdre, the tax lady, Jamie Lee. That's the hot dog finger universe. Oh my God. I keep forgetting that one. Okay. So, the hot dog fingers. So, I must have trauma blocked. So that. disconcerting. It's a <laughs> whole thing. It's a whole, but it's also a very odd, sweet storyline too. Yeah. Cause they have like the same bowl haircut and they have hot dogs for fingers. And they have to do everything with their feet. And it's just like a whole thing and you just got to see it. So it's like, here are the moments. If you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this, you're probably going to want to check out, but don't because it's, it's good. It's really, if good you're stuff. listening to this and you haven't watched it, you should have heeded our warning at the beginning because this movie is worth and come, it. That's right, <laughs> and come back after you've watched it. So you have all the context we can't even give you. Um, so what brings, what brings Evelyn back is Waymond, right? Mm-hmm. Because he, this whole time, I mean, yeah, while he was willing to drop divorce papers, because he definitely wasn't happy. But I think what bothered him more was she wasn't happy, right? He couldn't make her happy. And I think he felt maybe some responsibility from that, her making that choice early on and deciding to marry him. And she could have been so much more and all of that, because that's just the character he is. Um, that that gets through to her and she realizes and the can, way you fight because this is all happening in the middle of a fight scene by the I, way and I do just want to say by the way about their marriage right I think really like you and Marty me and Sarah Tom and Christine like getting married young mm-hmm. is difficult and yeah. I think statistically the three of us and our spouses are lucky compared to a lot of those marriages statistically fall apart and it's not necessarily because uh, yeah. you grow to hate one another it's just you've grown to different people and realize you got married right. so young you weren't compatible in the long run and i feel right. like that's what waymond is feeling here it's not that he doesn't love evelyn it's just he recognizes they're not happy and they're not right. really compatible Right. That's right. So it's kind of at that point. So there's the big fight sequence going on at this point. It's still the IRS building, right? Still the IRS building. Yep. Okay. And like, there's a bunch of people involved that are all Jobu's henchmen. Jobu is also there. Waymond is there. Um, Evelyn obviously is there. Gong Gong is there. Um, but it's like in the middle of this whole fight sequence that she realizes that if she's really going to fight, she needs to tap into Waymond. Like Waymond's real power is like love. And Waymond is just, he's just a good guy and he's positive all the time. And he's the opposite of where she's found herself where nothing matters. He's like, everything matters you know, you matter and all that stuff. So she starts fighting differently, which is super fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think and really appeals to me. And she finally makes it to where she's in the position to save Jobu slash Joy, right? 
which is and to I convince love how her she does it. that it, she matters. Eddie that you're, to tell us that you're that. not alone. That's right. You matter. You're not alone. And that I am always going to be there for you, no mm. matter what. Mm-hmm. Which is her growth, right? Her arc throughout this whole movie. Right. Because at the beginning, she was like, oh, the tattoos. Oh, you're dating a girl. Like, you're a disappointment. And here mm-hmm. it's like, no, you matter. Your choices matter. I'm going to support you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's just this beautiful moment. It's the mother's love that really saves Jobu here in the end. That's right. Um, That's correct. And the rocks in the canyon yeah like oh i my can't God. even so with that yep is this whole scene where they get where they jump into a universe where they're just rocks and the whole thing is done in subtitles on the screen because rocks obviously don't talk but they're like sentient so they're mm-hmm. communicating telepathically as rocks and it's just her and her mom and I it, do is, love- it sounds like the weirdest thing ever but it is massively touching i do love how a lot of this movie is in their native language as well and it's subtitled like it goes from that to english and then to you know the weirder stuff where it's like rocks telepathically communicating with subtitles but like i love i love that it's not only representative with an asian cast but it's really delving into their culture and their language and everything and i think that's so cool so there's an interesting tidbit on IMDb um, that I didn't know until tonight because, you know, we're as, as highly researched on Patreon <laughs> as we are in our regular feed. Um, but it says that language very is very important to the story. Evelyn speaks to her father in Cantonese, but she speaks to Waymond in Mandarin, showing cultural differences in their upbringing. Mother-daughter relationship is also language-shaped. Evelyn speaks to Joy in Mandarin and English, while Joy answers back in English and bad Chinese. Neither one find the words to express their ideas clearly to the other, keeping them constantly divided. Even the language barrier with the IRS service makes everything harder. I love that. Like I they do put, too. It's so intentional. And- like they put so much thought into every choice they made for this movie. Mm-hmm. And I really do wish like more movies were like that. I don't care if they're like big blockbusters like Doctor Strange or indie films. Every movie should be that intentional. Yep. It ends up with just this. It ends up with scenes in um, in multiple universes, honestly. So right in the Hot Dog Finger universe, um, Evelyn and, and what's Jamie Lee Curtis's name? Deirdre. Like makeup and they love each other in that universe and then in the universe where evelyn is a famous singer her and her dad make up mm-hmm. um in the universe where she's this kung fu movie star her and wayman decide to give it a shot and have a life that could have been just super amazing and awesome. so it's like in the in the chef universe rakakuni is <laughs> is reunited with with his ratatouille type chef and and she convinces in another universe deirdre to give them an extension on their taxes that's right right. and um yeah it it works joy is redeemed and in the main timeline if you want to call it the family's relationships are fixed you know her girlfriend is embraced by the family Mm -hmm. um 
Wayman and Evelyn are healing their marriage. And <laughs> they are they get a chance to redo their taxes again. And I love that it ends basically with Deirdre talking and Evelyn gets a flash of her alternate selves. Like she can't, mm-hmm. she can't, she hasn't fully healed the cracks, but right. she ends up grounding herself and smiles at the end. And right. it was so good. And I have to say, and this is a line that most often gets quoted in the movie. I love Wayman's line. Um, he's talking to Deirdre in one of the universes, and he says, even though you've broken my heart again, I wanted to say in another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. And that's so sweet. Like, I love it. Yeah, and he says the linchpin to her changing the way she fights is because Wayman says, you think because I'm kind, naive, and maybe I am strategic and necessary this fight yeah and he he's like a little well of knowledge in this movie he has a quote about uh you know uh the only thing i do know is that we have to be kind please be kind especially when we don't know what's going on and that's like just good life advice to yeah it is (laughs) yeah like you don't know what anybody like what everybody's going through in their personal lives whether a stranger in the street a co-worker a friend you don't know everything everyone's going through just be kind mm-hmm. and evelyn's line to joy of all the places i could be i just want to be here with you like oh so good i cried multiple times in this movie which just it, i cry in a lot of things but like this one was like it's highly emotional the whole last i feel like the last 30 minutes of it i was just like weeping <laughs> like because it's just but mom it hit me harder I'm not sure but no like and that's like I think the genius of this movie they have this really wacky sci-fi premise but they ground it in real emotion like as wacky as it gets you f- understand where every character is coming from the entire time that's right even your evil ones. Even the evil ones. Because they're ones. not all evil. Yeah. It's mis- no, like uh, Joy wasn't evil. She was. Right. She had, it was almost like, you know, she had given up. There's like metaphor for depression almost. Yeah. Exactly. She's depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love it. And I just love that this movie exists and that despite the fact we're getting, you know, 50 Marvel, DC, and Star Wars movies every year that Hollywood will still, there are some studios that will still fund a little indie movie and they can be great. And this reminds me of why I love movies so much. Like, yeah, I like all the big franchises, but it's so important to give like these little known directors and writers shots because they have good stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. so good. This is definitely one I will be revisiting multiple times in the future, for sure. Same. This is going to be like a Lars and the Real Girl, where you meet new people and you're like, okay, you want a really good movie? Have you ever seen? <laughs> Strap in and just know that there are butt plugs and dildos in multiple scenes and you will <laughs> laugh 
and about cry. all of them and cry and just be like, this is a trip and I am totally here for it. Now, did you watch this of Marty or anybody or just by yourself? No, it was just me, but I want to watch. I, I wonder what Marty would say about it. I'd I think be curious. Ethan would totally dig it. I think Hannah would totally love it. A lot. I, I would love for you to watch it with them and hear what they think. I watch, I did yeah. not see this with Sarah. So I'd love for her to see it at some point and see what she thinks. So. I want Tom's input too. I think Tom would like it. I think Tom would like it too. This is just another one. Tom will listen to the Patreon and he should just record his own like commentary right. to our Patreon recording. He should definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but A- A24, man, that's the studio like... Keep an eye on that studio. They had another one that came out this year that I did not see called, uh, what was it? Marcel the Shell. Oh, yeah. Marcel the Shell Chuzon. Yeah. Creature, right? Yeah. Speaking speaking of Jenny Slate, she she does the voice for him. But I mean, this movie has a 98% from critics and Rotten Tomatoes. It's a little stop motion, like shell interacting with real humans. and again it's one of those things like the premise looks weird as heck but like i'm at the point like i will watch most a24 films and give them a shot because yeah this premise is weird as heck like yeah they have proven time and again like don't judge by the premise because yeah they have some misses but they are willing to take chances and i'm gonna reward them from that because more movie studios have to do that yes i agree so this one is just just watching her fight just she's just beautiful she really is i could watch her i love michelle yo and i am so glad this has revived the career of ki hui kwan because he was so good and i want to see him in so much more me too um this is, I know you don't like ranking, but as a movie itself, I would give this like a nine or a 10. It is a perf- near perfect movie, if not perfect movie. This is a near perfect movie to me as well. I'm happy to rank this one. I would give it a 10 easily. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, if for some reason you listened this way through, listened all the way through uh, without seeing it, please, the soonest chance you get, watch it you will not be disappointed mm-hmm. um, and if you are don't tell us because that would just really break my heart <laughs> i would break my heart too <laughs> um it's funny though because it is one of those movies that is like so like perfect do not touch it again i don't need a sequel yeah. or anything no like, standalone perfect little film and that's how it should right. remain Leave it be and just back away from it. Don't, yep. Don't overwork it. Don't rethink. Just nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and Hollywood, because I know Hollywood's listening. Give us more indie films. Take chances on unknowns. Because I mean, and I'm not just saying that as a wannabe writer myself, but lots of people have stories in them and they're just waiting for somebody to take a chance on them. So. Yep. Anyway, love this one. I love it too, and I'm glad you love it. 
And Tom, if you're listening, I hope you love it. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. <laughs> go watch it, Tom. Um, this was so fun. This was fun. And Anybody out there who's a Patreon subscriber, I'm hoping this was a win for you. Yes, and I want to hear what you think of this movie. Or if you haven't seen it, what you thought of how the movie sounds. Because <laughs> I know it can sound a little wonky. <laughs> but, but, uh, we said hot dogs for fingers. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> and, and rocks telepathically communicating. And, <laughs> and we didn't even mention the googly eyes, which I loved. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> um, now, now, how much more satisfi- satisfying was that googly eye third eye? Than the Doctor Strange third act. Right? Oh my gosh. So much more. So much more satisfying. And I really <laughs> hope I see Halloween costumes of that. Like at Halloween this year. Somebody oh yeah. Just, that well, would be awesome. There's so many you could get. There's so many Halloween costumes you could make out of this. Yeah. And the people that would recognize you, you would know immediately as your people. Yeah, exactly. You're good Oh, you're people. my people. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah let us know what you think about on social media and stay tuned for patreon because we have a lot of stuff coming out uh we have an awesome extended halloween franchise episode with jay and ron and matt spaulding coming out um i'm getting my friend ken uh who hosts a book club on instagram live every week clearly just a book club to come on and discuss a scream franchise in general with me on patreon because me and him have very different opinions on how to rank those movies um <laughs> and i am sure uh me and julia will be back talking movies before the end of the year as well and we do have to get something up for thanksgiving and christmas too i want to do we had so much fun with the commercials that one year I want to do, we each pick our like top three Christmassy SNL skits and count them down like we did commercials. Ooh, but for, I love that. But for Patreon. get sweaty balls. We're going to have to fight over it. I mean, whoever gets into that spreadsheet first. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, so yeah, check it out. Stay tuned. Um, and I'm sure once Thor hits uh, me and Julie can discuss another Marvel movie, which hopefully she liked a lot better than I did. Yeah, I have not watched that yet. It's actually per your review. I'm like, I'm just going to wait for that one to stream somewhere, I think. Yep. But it'll be fun to discuss, even if you love it. I hope you love it. I hope I was. Yeah. But yeah, so stay tuned for all that. Lots of good stuff coming up. Lots of good stuff coming up on the show. We're past all the duds for the year. I think it's all highlights now, except maybe Black Christmas. But the rest are all highlights. We have the Big Bang Theory coming up, our month of mm-hmm. Halloween, which I'm super excited for. And mm-hmm. yeah, so much good stuff. The Santa Claus, because yeah. we're all going to watch that series when it drops. Yep. I'm excited about that. I am excited. I, I am nervous. I am a lot of things, but <laughs> I, you know what? I, what's his name? Calpen's in it. They're bringing mm. Bernard back. 
as long as Charlie at least has a cameo, I'll be fine. Because how can you do the Santa Claus without Charlie? Especially if you're ending, know. especially if you're ending Tim Allen's reign as Santa. You can't do it without right. Charlie. You can't do it without his kid. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be a problem. So we'll see. But Julia, thanks so much for hopping on and talking with me. Hey, it's my pleasure. I know it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and we'll have to pe- pick out a new movie soon to do for Patreon because I like these random yeah. episodes. I do too. That really just means that you're going to have to see <laughs> the next great movie that I absolutely have to see. And then you'll tell me about it and I'll watch it. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I love that too. <laughs> Let's record an episode. It's funny because... I've had multiple people who listen to the podcast, like people I know in real life, in quotes, because sure. I know I know everyone in real life. life. I know you in real <laughs> life. So I just, you know, you all know what I mean. But I've had multiple people say, you know, I'm surprised you three would just be good for a regular pop culture movie podcast, too. And I'm like, yeah, we probably would be. Like, it would. <laughs> maybe, one day, maybe one day when we run out of everything but Hallmark, we'll transition to like... <laughs> <laughs> movie. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I can do all Hallmark all the time. So there but you go. That's our career path. That's our career path. <laughs> that's something for the legacy, uh, for the for Gabe, Ellie, and my future kid to think about. There you go. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Between Gabe and Ellie, I don't think anybody's going to get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But listeners. Get excited because we're almost at the Burr months and we're so close to Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas where it's going to go fast now. It always goes fast once we hit September. So get excited and we will talk to you Monday. Bye, y'all. Bye.